Jackson on the drive, kicks it out for Mann. Mann, three-pointer, bang! Oh, what a man! Magic down the middle, just what I thought, a hook shot at 12, good! Here's Michael at the foul line, a shot on Elo, What's going on, guys? Welcome to another post-game live here on Dime Dropper. Before we get started, please make sure to subscribe on Dime Dropper at YouTube. Hit the notification bell so you know every single time we go live. And of course, social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok at Dime Dropper Pod. For tonight's episode, very special, a very rare guest featured live. But I had to bring him back on. It's my very own cousin, Amir, 20-plus year Heat fan after a big-time victory in game two over the nuggets how are we feeling after he skipped out on the family gathering yesterday i got a lot of shit from my dad today via text <laughs> for not showing up to that um he says i need to prioritize family even though i was prioritizing my family um hanging out with my daughter who has never been on a flight yet so i i apologize for not coming to the family reunion but i'm ecstatic dude i'm on cloud nine like this was super unexpected like i just can't believe we were that resilient and gutsy and pulled this out like we have a series like everything i've heard from the media is you know nuggets in five nuggets in four i picked them in six being an unbiased real basketball fan right so like the fact that we won this game like it's possible that we're gonna actually probably have the most unprobable victory in any sport right like just a seventh seed aka eighth seed pulling this off would be one of the most incredible championships in the history across all sports right now so like i haven't even looked at the box score so like i haven't like, I just, nine right now like this is just absolutely nuts like i did not expect them to win today honestly so i'm i'm pumped man how are you not going to pick your own team though in a finals it's, i mean you say realistic basketball fan but it's not unrealistic you guys win the series i'm not a homer they're the number one seed for a reason, right? I mean, I feel like, I don't know, was the West better than the East this year? I know they were more top-heavy, but, like, I feel like mm, the West really. was a little more competitive across the board. I don't know. They were number one the entire year. I mean, Joker, I feel like, got robbed of his third MVP. Like, they have the MVP. They have a second player who's also, like, an all-star caliber type of player who's dealt with a lot of injuries. So, and their role players are young and and they're really they're not deep, I guess. They were deep before they traded Bones and a few other players, but I'm just being realistic, dude. Like my trajectory for this heat, I picked the Bucks in five. I thought we were gonna lose in five, possibly even get swept. We beat them in five. I picked the Heat in six against the Knicks because the Knicks are a horrible franchise and they suck. Um, I picked the Celtics in six. I was wrong, right? I mean, we probably should have won in five maybe six games but i picked the nuggets in six like i'm 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 biased to a certain degree but i'm not a complete homer right like I'm, I'm i'm still pretty objective like when i have to be serious right when it comes to actually objectively looking at the matchups so i picked nuggets in six and i'm just like i i wanted to continue to be wrong right i wanted to be wrong three out of four like i like so i picked the nuggets in six fair enough Let's get right into the game tonight. So before I go through it from like the beginning, I want to talk about the fourth quarter first because that's where you guys totally took over this game. I mean, it was an up and down game. You guys threw the first punch, led seven to nothing. Denver in the second quarter with their second unit really made a big run and took the lead. And it felt like they were up for the majority of the game after that. Both teams led by double digits at one point. And then you guys took the lead in the fourth quarter, I believe, right, with Duncan Robinson in the beginning of it. No, yeah, we were down eight, and then the breakthrough came in when we – I don't know if Duncan started. It was, it was. It was. You took the lead in the fourth quarter on that 12-0 run, um, but it started yeah, – we're, we're down eight going into the fourth, and then right. Duncan scored 10 points. He scored yeah. nine consecutive points. Um, 
he first started off with a three on a pump fake and then sidestep hit a three, um, which carried the momentum where he scored nine freaking points in that fourth quarter, which was huge because he was non-existent. I don't think he even took a single shot in the first three quarters. I might be wrong. He might have taken maybe one, but yeah, he had scored all of his points in the fourth quarter. So that was huge momentum swing. Yeah, it began what was a 36 to 25 fourth quarter in favor of you guys. And it was funny that you mentioned that three. Mike Malone, Michael Malone was talking to Lisa Salters and he was saying, We just can't give up open threes. And like as he said that, Duncan Robinson got that open three where Jamal Murray flew by. And those were the non Butler and non Jokic minutes at that time. And the um, what's it called? On the next possession, so there was risk action. You guys ran two times in a row that got uh, points. Gave Vincent on an open three the first time, and then Duncan Robinson on the was it? In, I think it was an and one. And one layup. It, was, it, was, it may have been an and one, but it was Gabe Vincent setting a little down screen for Robinson to curl, and there were miscommunications with Christian Brown and Bruce Brown twice. I was surprised they weren't just switching that because Brown was trailing, and Vincent got open for the left wing three. And Vincent had another good shooting night tonight. I mean, two really solid games for him to start the series. And then on the next play, they let Robinson get to the rim and he scored. And then a couple possessions later, Murray again with a bad closeout, beaten down baseline, Robinson with the and one. And the Nuggets in that lineup, you know they're going to switch everything when Jokic out of the game. But you guys were doing a good, good job of taking advantage on that particular play with Bam catching the ball 18 feet away and being like the trigger man. That caused the Nuggets to call a timeout, and Jokic came in immediately, and you started to go zone. So as somebody who you know watches this team regular, like regularly, what do you think about Eric Spolstra's heavy implementation of zone compared to other teams? I mean, typically and how we it do worked it. for you and how it worked for you tonight. Sorry to cut you off. Well, yeah, but typically, like we don't do it when Joker's in there because Joker, like, literally, like, just gets into the middle goes to the nail and like if we don't charge him immediately he's going to make that jumper that mid-range free throw line jumper 6 to 7 out of 10 times right and then if we charge him though he's going to find and swing that ball to a wide open person on the baseline so typically we do it without him but we play the zone while he was in there and I I I I'm flabbergasted how it honestly worked. Like it did work mainly because Michael Porter and uh, KCP like had really off shooting nights. Right. So that definitely helped. But I mean, we don't play a traditional two, three zone. They're more dynamic. Um, We gave Joker less space to operate. So I think just trying to suffocate him when we did play the zone was more effective. Um, But also what away from the zone what I thought was unique was that we said, hey, Spo's adjustment was like, okay, he shot 15, Joker shot 15 shots in the first game, had like 13 assists. And he's like, hey, we're going to just guard you straight up with Bam Adebayo and we're going to not double team him basically, right? He got double teamed here and there a few times. Obviously, you're going to have to, but we're like, we're going to make the others beat you. And, and the others, including Jamal Murray until the fourth quarter, you know, was not effective. Jamal had 10 points going into the third quarter. He had eight points in the fourth quarter. He had 18 total. So I don't know. Like, I can't believe the zone was that effective against Joker because we usually play in the second quarter when he finally takes his rest because he usually plays the first 12 minutes of each game throughout the playoffs. And it makes more sense because you put Joker at the nail, he's going to destroy like that zone. Like that, this is the worst team to play zone against, right? Tatum, when we played the zone against Tatum, he had a few good shots and pull-up jumpers, you know, against the Heat. But typically, like, he's not a great playmaker like Joker. So, and he's still young. Um, but, yeah, I was shocked, like, honestly, that the, the zone was this effective tonight. I mean, the others weren't shooting well. I mean, that's a big part of it. I think you said it best, though, is that it wasn't just a traditional, like, 2-3. You had, like, a little 2-1-2 two, two action with a guy sitting at the foul line or at the nail to make that entry pass into Joker harder. Typically, it was, like, Vincent or Caleb Martin. So you were forcing those other guys to make shots on the outside. And for a while, towards the end of that game, they were. But if you notice, and if anybody was watching, you guys were leaving Bruce Brown open a lot in that fourth quarter, and they weren't even giving him the ball sometimes. Um, But, yeah, I was going to actually say that, too. You took the words out of my mouth that you guys made an adjustment that if you look at the two of the losses that the Nuggets had in this postseason, it's with Jokic scoring a lot. 
game four against Minnesota and Phoenix, I believe. And you guys, as, as you said, there were a couple times where you did double and he burned you every time. Like Aaron Gordon, especially in the first half, he did such a good job of like cutting whenever. Oh, you know, what'd you say? Yeah, when Jokic. 100%. Those cuts were brutal. Yeah. And he's a lob threat as well. You know, so and Jokic makes those passes right on the dot. Even a couple of those touch passes looking like Larry Bird. Um, and yeah, the fact that you guys were able to, for the most part, stay straight up and just let him score and make tough shots. And like, look, Bam and Zeller, there were a couple possessions defensively. Zeller obviously was more problematic than Bam, but they're trying their best out there. Like, what are you going to do? We've said this in every series with this guy. What are you going to do? He's Nothing. got the jump hook. He's got, he can turn over either shoulder. He's got the three ball, the mid range, the floater, as you said, is just absolute cash. And he's so patient. Somebody said, I think it was Mike, Michael Malone said he was a mixture of, of bird and McHale. And I actually think that's pretty accurate. I don't love historic comparisons all the time, but that's not that bad. He has the footwork of yeah. McHale and the touch of bird. Like those floaters are sometimes nothing but net, but then also like when he's going downhill fast, which he's like deceptively freaking fast for an ogre. Like he has that off the glass, right? Like from straight up, it doesn't have to be like Tim Duncan from an angle. Mm. Like he makes so many floaters and like jump hooks off the glass. Like he can use the glass. He has a soft touch. He could shoot threes. He has a post-up game. Like he has a face-up game. He's unreal, dude. Like at this rate, like he's not now the best European player ever, but like he's going to surpass Dirk. Like probably will. In a couple of years, because like he doesn't have any athleticism now, so it's like, you know what I mean? Like when you get older, you lose your athleticism, and like, like the game is already so slow for him anyway, and like he doesn't have any athleticism. He probably jumps. You probably have a higher jumper, and you're a Motamini, and we're Middle Eastern. We don't like have that real athleticism. Like you could probably jump like ten inches off the ground, maybe. Let's no, say. he can't get off the ground at all. <laughs> like none, dude. Like it's unreal, man. Like I like the comparison with like. The Mikhail and Bird with the touch and the footwork, right? And the, the finesse. Yeah. Like, he's nuts, dude. Heat, you guys were up by three um, in that fourth quarter when the, the Nuggets called another timeout. That was your first lead since 29 to 27. It was a 12-0 run. The Nuggets had three straight turnovers in that run. One was a 24-second shot clock violation and then oh, yeah. a couple of illegal screens. So the zone, it was just making things tough for them. You threw that at them, and they didn't really know how to respond because, as you said, the other guys weren't really hitting shots like that. And you guys kept Jamal Murray at bay and were showing a little bit harder on those screens. They're gonna, you guys are going to play that like high drop coverage with Bam, but he's going to really be up there. He's not dropping too deep. Um, and a couple of times you guys forced other guys to shoot. And someone like Michael Porter, for example, tonight, I want to check out his shot chart, but it felt like he was only shooting threes and just kind of shot himself out of rhythm. I want to see what his final line was. It was two for eight, one for six from three. So there you go. I think MPJ especially he has so many possessions where there's smaller guys guarding him. He needs to get like closer to the basket, elbow area, mid range area. If every shot is a three, I mean, I've been there where you kind of just shoot yourself out of the game. And I know he's an elite three point shooter, but he takes a lot of tough shots. Even though I just said in the last episode that there aren't many tough shots for him because he can rise up over the top, but big run there by the heat causing turnovers. Duncan Robinson, as you said, got it going. Jimmy Butler then came back into the game. And had some big plays late. What did you think of Jimmy Butler closing the game tonight? Because ultimately, it really comes down to him. Uh, he made a couple of big shots, including one. I want to talk about the officials in a second, because you're always quick to blame the officials when it's against you. But I want to see what you're saying tonight. But let me hear what you're saying about Jimmy. Had that big shot to put you up by eight and made some big plays down the stretch. A three ball in the corner, an and one. What you got? I'll complain about the whistle, but I know Jimmy got some bullshit soft-ass foul calls too. So, And, and again, going back to the whistle too, a side note, Jeff Green, who played 16 minutes, had more free throws than any Heat player tonight, which is horseshit. So let me and then like Jeff Green is not that aggressive. Like he've had like a couple like fadeaway shots where he was getting the whistle. So like, yes, I'm a little I, I complain about the whistle sometimes. But um, also going back to KCP real quick too. a lot of the shots that he took also not taking advantage of smaller defenders because every fucking person on the Heat is a smaller defender, even Bam at a bio in theory, is a smaller defender because he's 6'8", 6'9". He was taking side-step three-pointers. I think he had one three-pointer that was open today. Most of his shots were side-step three-pointers, so he's not taking the most effective shots, right? Instead of taking that mid-range, rising, and even maybe trying to drive, get to the free-throw line to get in the rhythm. So um, Jimmy, 
frustrating. Just somehow, if if you listen to any Heat podcast or just go to Heat Twitter, there's so many games since the Buck series since he hurt his ankle, which I think is partial reason why he's not as aggressive or there's something wrong because he's not getting that lift and he's not been playoff Jimmy. It seems like um, outside of a couple games, you know, even maybe one or two in the Knicks series after the injury and like one or two in the Celtics series, I think he's still got to be hobbled because he is such an alpha and such a dog that like, I don't think like his mindset can be affected or he can get distracted in any sense. I don't know whether it's internal, external, but Again, I've looked at the box score so many times throughout the second round, third round, fourth round now, where it's like, how the hell did Jimmy Butler put up those that line? Like the most quiet 21 points tonight. Like he had 28 a couple games ago or whatever, 29 against the Celtics. And it's just like the most quiet games and just most deceiving box scores. Like, again, Jimmy's like, I need to be more aggressive. I need to step up. Um, and he played the same way in the first half. Like he 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 was super passive. His playmaking was very helpful, obviously, because we shot 50% from three today, um, which was insane and incredible. And I would have been very depressed if we lost this game shooting 50%, especially at that clip, making that, what was it, 13, 14, 15? I think it was like 14 to 15. Um, but yeah, 17, 17 for 35, 48.6%. Even fucking more. That's even That would have been even more insane if we lost. But he started off really slow again. Um and again, he was getting he was getting double teamed, like he was breaking down like um, his first defender, and like he was there's a lot of eyes on him, and he had nine assists, zero turnovers, so like huge in that sense. But he was aggressive in the fourth quarter. He made up for it, right? Like he he was attacking more into the paint. He still, on average, he gets to the paint 18, 19 times per game. He only got to the paint 11 times. So like, again, I think he's hobbled. I think there's, there's gotta be something up, but in the fourth quarter, he was more aggressive. Um, he did lean more into that pick and roll with bam at a bio. There's a few times where he had some pull up jumpers, which I was happy because they played under the screen. Um, and he made some huge jumpers. I think he hit a three in the fourth quarter. He was three for five, which is just again, insane that Jimmy's shooting in the upper thirties, right in the playoffs, right? He shoots like literally 10 threes, in the entire regular season. Right. And he like, he goes four X that in the playoffs every single year. So he was aggressive enough in the fourth quarter and him and bam were doing that, that, that high, low action and the pick and roll. And he was setting up his teammates. He had a huge miss in the final minutes, like on a, on a pull-up jumper, he got the rebound and he passed it out to Kayla Martin who hit his only shot of the game, that huge three pointer. So he, he was being aggressive looking for a shot, but then also playmaking and finding his teammates for wide open shots so i was happy with his aggression in the fourth quarter but still there's there's got to be something wrong man like he he's been inefficient again ever since that injury against against the knicks landing on on hart's ankle like he's been super inefficient every single game so yeah you're right about that but i still think honestly if he plays well which i still think he can be he's capable of playing well even with the injury well enough to get the job done. But as you said, a lot of it's going to come down to three-point shooting of your other guys. At the end of the game, Jamal – the uh, Nuggets, by the way, good call on that Martin three because I forgot about that. But Jamal Murray on the way up the court, the Nuggets elected not to call a timeout. He takes a tough three against Jimmy Butler, really well defended. Jimmy Butler's defense in the fourth was great all the way around. And what do you think about that decision? Mike Malone not calling timeout. I think it was fine, honestly. It's always going to look bad when he misses. It was a tough shot. It almost went in, too. But great contest by Jimmy Butler, and that was the win for the Heat. 111 to 108. Three-point win. The first win for any road team against the Denver Nuggets in this postseason, which shows how hard it is. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just, based on the the history of the teams that have played against the Heat this postseason and haven't had the opportunity to call timeouts or they had the opportunity, but just the coaches like Thibs, but Budin was a Budin holzer um, didn't call timeouts in certain games that, that bit them in the butt. Like, so I don't know. I don't, they had plenty of time, so I don't think it's a big deal. Um, I don't know. I just don't like this generation of shooters. Like just every shot 
they make it more difficult. Like the Tatums, the Hardens, like they always do. And the Porters do some step back fadeaway type of three. Like again, like he took a sidestep three with Jimmy Butler, one of the best defenders on the floor. Well, what like, did you want him to do? He couldn't rise up over the top of Jimmy because he's smaller. He needed the sidestep to create separation. I mean, I don't know. Like, get a screen from Joker up top. They did, though, but they switched. Remember that? You guys switched and blew it up. That's why Jimmy Butler was on. Yeah. He tried, but you guys did a good job of switching. Who was on him initially? Gabe Vincent? Probably probably somebody that they should have. He should have gone at. But I think he just didn't know they were going to. He was probably hoping to get Jokic on some kind of a roll or pick and pop or something. But That's what I'm saying. Like, they should have drew, drew something up where they got, like, the mismatch like i mean who's on the floor like i mean duncan robinson was probably not out there no he wasn't but i think that's a really big thing that you guys without a timeout were smart enough to switch on that last play because imagine if two guys like you you see so often go to joker and then murray pops up for an open three that would have been a guaranteed make probably so big time defensive discipline by your heat i think one thing that really just strikes me about this team is the mental toughness i know that's you know, you can just say those are just, you know, words that people throw around a lot. But you guys really are a mentally tough team. Very resilient. So organized. Obviously, maybe the best coach in the NBA in Eric Spolstra. I always say, you know, top two at minimum. But let's talk about the, you know, how the game overall went. You guys threw the first punch up seven to nothing. I thought it was a very different kind of effort. Like just more physicality. And you guys were putting Jokic and Murray in the pick and rolls a lot more tonight. And that, that's the way to go, especially when you can have Murray and Jokic both guarding the pick and roll at once. You know, like Murray on the ball, Jokic in the action. Jokic has been dropping all series long. And I think one thing that's huge for you guys is the guys making those pull-ups and floaters to punish yeah. Joker. So he has to come up a little bit higher. And then you get Bam on those four-on-threes or those little short rolls. And Bam, through these first two games, has been really good on the roll. He's been much more confident, less hesitant, taking that little mid-range, that little push shot, even one-on-one. Joker's giving him a lot of space. One dribble to his left, pull up. I mean, as I said, it can be like it can feel like he's evading contact sometimes. But Jokic is stronger than him. He's bigger than him. Bam oh, yeah. Adebayo, I said, for you guys to win the championship, he needs to average 20-plus points. 26 in the first game, 21 in the second game, 1-1 in the series. I think he's doing his job so far. I want to hear your thoughts on Bam's performance because we haven't heard much about him so far defensively you know what he's going to bring he's trying his best but offensively where we criticize him a lot he's been huge so far in these first two games yeah he's been huge um he's been getting the drop defense just it's not as significant as what uh lopez was doing in the first series against the bucks like he was just daring him to shoot but i don't know i i think psychologically as a basketball player like when someone gives you that much space and dares you to shoot, sometimes you mentally get that block and start thinking too much. Like, why am I so open? Why does he think I can't shoot? And I think that has affected Bam in the past and he's not as confident. Definitely um, has. You know what I mean though? Like just as a basketball playing basketball, like the, the psychology aspect of being that open is just like, of course it's frustrating, but he's not also like that lethal of an offensive player where he's going to make them pay. Like it's not like Dame or Steph or someone where you're like, are you, serious like you're gonna give me this much space this is like a cakewalk right but for him i think he has that mental block but yeah joker is not giving him as much space but i don't know i think he i don't know how he has this confidence honestly against joker because the heat have not beat the nuggets in i think they were zero and six in the last three years so we we've lost the matchup in the regular season with them for three years in a row. But then I, I forgot the stat. Like we haven't won in Denver in like eight years or something crazy. So and Joker has been just owning Bam like for the last three or four years, right? And so I don't know, Bam is just he just seems more confident, like you've said, and, and more decisive. And he's not like second guessing. Like he's like, if I got the space, I'm gonna take it. If he's gonna guard me face up and close, I'm gonna drive by him. And if I get double teamed, then I'm gonna kick it out. And I'm going to find Gabe Vincent, who's been knocking down these jump shots. Like, he's obviously been doing great on the pull-up. But, like, he's finding Max Struess um, and finding other players. But all around, he's controlling the pace of the game. Like, when Duncan came in in that fourth quarter, like, they were doing the dribble handoff, like, which they are known to do, like, um, for the past three or four seasons when they've been playing together. Um, But, yeah, like, he's just – the pick and roll has been really effective, too, because everybody just has been attacking – 
Duncan, right? Like they've just given him so much credit. The gravity that he's pulling has been so effective and Bam has been rolling hard to the basket and just being very effective. So yeah, just super excited like that he's showing this confidence, like obviously on the offensive end, because we know he's a, a great defensive player. Yep. We were wondering if there were going to be, there was going to be any adjustment defensively in terms of Bam guarding somebody else. But Bam did stay on Jokic, and Jokic was good in the beginning of the game scoring. He started right away, 11 points in the first quarter. And despite four first quarter threes from Max Struess, who had a bounce-back shooting game in this one, the Nuggets were still hanging around. Score at the end of the first quarter was 26-25 to 25 in favor of – I'm sorry, 26-23 to 23 in favor of the Heat. Um, what did you think of the adjustment – Kevin Love in the starting lineup instead of Caleb Martin. You wanted to have that extra size out there so Aaron Gordon didn't dominate on those mismatches. And you saw that Kevin Love held his own defensively, still added some floor spacing. Those outlet passes are amazing. Hot take by Mark Jackson tonight saying he was the greatest outlet passer to ever play basketball. I'm not sure about that. Um, but he's up there, that's for sure. And I think he made a great impact tonight uh, as opposed to this, you know, a bunch of smaller wings out there that were getting crushed by Aaron Gordon in the first quarter of game one. Your thoughts on K-Love tonight? Yeah, he was huge. I think what I, what I was surprised the most about was just his defensive effort. So, like, again, to your point, they wanted to increase that size for more so Gordon, right? Like, because Bam was guarding Jokic. So, like, I thought if we were going to put Kevin Love in, he was going to be in there just to help and also just be someone that we can just foul, you know, just – it's not like the nineties in early two thousands where you just had to have a seven footer, like a Samuel Dallenbear and just like any scrub that's seven feet. Like, I guess that's more for Shaq. Just someone. Yeah, no, but that, that you're spitting facts though. That was the Shaq effect that he would have guys that like probably wouldn't play in today's game. Not because they're like bad basketball players per se, but like, they're just, they're not needed as right. much. Like your Greg Oster tags, like those kind of guys just in there to hack and, and take big hit. Eric Dampier. Nazi Muhammad, just like just exactly random seven footers, but they weren't even go to guys really offensively and weren't crazy defenders, but they were good post defenders, though. That's one thing that because people don't post up like that anymore, people are not good in the post on defense. I remember Kobe calling that out a ton, yep, 100%. But yeah, I think I was surprised. I thought that if Love was going to play, that it was going to be more so for just like increasing that size, clogging the paint for Joker. But he was guarding Gordon because Gordon abused Gabe Vincent. They were getting that switch. Gabe Vincent's like six foot one, six foot two max. And so Gordon had 14 points in that first quarter. So he didn't completely negate him. He still had, I think, a, a couple buckets in the paint, but that was mainly because of like pick and roll with Joker um, and Joker having those crazy touch pass like alley oops to him. But he was effective um, keeping Gordon away from the paint, getting those easy buckets. But also he was leaving Gordon open and and switching. And like there's a few plays where he contained um, Michael Porter Jr. Like he was trying to drive baseline and like he did yep. up extremely well. So like he was like allowing, again, Gordon to beat us, which he, I think it was two for four from three. He hit one in the, in the fourth quarter, but I think it was one for three, like when Kevin Love was in the game. Um, so I think defensively, he just had a really good impact, which was very shocking. He had 10 rebounds, obviously. So that gave us a little bit of exercise and we still lost the rebound battle. Um, not by a lot this game. I know we lost it by like one or two in the first game, um, but that was because again, we we're super undersized. We played Zeller for like two minutes or four minutes in that first game. So it was pretty much Bam, Highsmith, Caleb, and 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 the rest of folks that were a lot smaller. So um, you know, he had a couple big threes. Obviously, it was great. He didn't shoot very well, but I think just rebounds and defense is just like where he made the most impact. And I was more shocked at the defense of effort, right? Containing Gordon um and just rotating very well. Um, and yeah, I'm just happy that he got some minutes and i think that was the biggest adjustment um that spo did make um and i thought he was going to play highsmith who played only six minutes who was super effective mostly in garbage time but like i mean he's a really good defender like good wingspan can just good lateral movement can move his feet like picked tatum obviously in, in game seven and had that cookies moment but then also picked like jamal murray and like gave him some trouble so i was shocked that he didn't get either the start or also so was i i mentioned in the last episode that i said that he's probably gonna get a lot more minutes going forward in this series but i was wrong but also yeah i mean that was just one game you never yeah. know 
He might right. get more time in the next game. We'll see. So the period of time, probably the worst stretch of the game for you guys was the second quarter. Your bench in the first half didn't really show up. Theirs did. Christian Brown and Bruce Brown exactly. creating turnovers on the other end defensively. Active hands, really good help defense. Just, ha yeah, active hands in the passing lanes. Getting out and running, taking advantage. Christian Brown, Bruce Brown, and a little bit of Jeff Green, who I think had 10 points in this game. Let me double check. But they went up by as many as 15, 50 to 35. Jeff Green had nine points. Bruce Brown, 11. And Christian Brown had six points on three for three shooting to go along with three assists in 15 minutes. So definitely a better performance for Christian Brown than in game one. Jeff Green, also you can say the same thing, nine points in 16 minutes. Only one field goal attempt, six for six on the foul line, as you mentioned earlier. But the Nuggets went up by 15. Jamal Murray started to cook, hit a couple of threes, had that beautiful one-on-one -on -one moment against Bam where he stopped and did that classic yep. pivot turnover. One the footer. One yeah, footer. Shoulder. Yeah, that one-legged fade went up by 15. What do you think was the biggest, since you're watching the games from a Heat perspective, why it was starting to go uh, so horribly wrong for a bit? I think they were just rotating really well and just switching every play basically, and not giving the Heat those pull-up jumpers. So Gabe Vincent was hitting all those pull-up jumpers in the first quarter. Um, Max was doing really good on those slip screens. Like, they had some flare screens, just getting them wide open. Um, and instead of just not rotating effectively in the first quarter, they were switching everything, basically. Because Jokic um, is out. That was what was impressive about it, was they made the run with Jokic out. When they go to that small ball lineup with Aaron Gordon at the five, they switch everything. Yeah, the zone wasn't working because, to your point, Murray was hitting threes. Like, they were, like, KCP hit a three. Like, they were shooting pretty decently well um, against the zone in that second quarter. But I think just what stagnated the heat offensively was they were just rotating or just they were switching everything like they they were, they were switching every screen and like so we weren't getting those those pull-up shots we basically took all threes and all mid-range shots again like again we we didn't get a lot of calls until the end of the game um i think going into the fourth quarter we had 10 free throws we had eight or nine free throws in the fourth quarter alone right so again they were just switching everything and we were taking contested shots right and we were just missing and so I think that was the biggest adjustment that um, Malone made was just switching everything, essentially not giving us those pull-up jumpers going under the screens and allowing us to get those slip screens and flare screens. So I think that was the biggest adjustment. Um, yeah, I was going to say Jeff Green also held his own against Bam in those minutes as well, keeping him out of the paint. And that's something that you know can be frustrating as Bam doesn't really use his size too well against bigger forwards. Um, Jimmy Butler, we saw him guarding Jamal Murray a lot more in this game, and he did a pretty good job, I will say. Gabe Vincent was looking good in that first half. Both teams were shooting the ball really well from three in the first half. Nuggets went up by 15, but you guys did a good job of ending the half, getting back in it, and we're only down by six at the half. 57 to 51. The Nuggets outscored the Heat 34-25 in the second quarter. Thought Aaron Gordon had a really good half. His defense on Jimmy Butler, but his cutting, his screening, and his ability to be a lob threat. Second, second half, third quarter, it was very, very even. And Jokic was a monster. 15 points in the third, especially when Zeller came in. He had one jump hook over his left shoulder and, and one over the right. Uh, hit a pick and pop. Actually, no, it wasn't a pick and pop three. It was He got the ball and went coast to coast, pounding it with his left hand, took content, contact, floater. He was beasting in that third quarter. But as I said, you know, as the same thing in the first half. Jimmy Butler, as you said, drawing two defenders, attracting extra attention, being more aggressive in that pick and roll against Jokic and drop and putting Murray in the pick and roll more. And you saw guys get open shots and they were knocking them down, particularly Gabe Vincent. You mentioned Kevin Love's defense early in that third quarter against MPJ at times. And it was a very neck and neck game all throughout the third quarter, but it was those non-BAM minutes at the end of the quarter that really hurt. Jokic was just dominating, had, I believe, 15 points in the third had 30 points going into the fourth quarter. What did you think of that third quarter? Were you getting nervous that Jokic was starting to take over? Yeah, I just they're they just it's they sustain the punches basically really well. Like they take your best punch and then they just keep coming at you. They're such an efficient offensive team. They're so effective and they're not that deep, but they just feel so much deeper than they they actually are so he 
Jokic was just destroying Zeller, destroying Jimmy, just whoever we put in front of him. Caleb Martin, um, he wasn't getting a lot of free throws, which is surprising. He doesn't always get to the line. I, I, I feel like he gets fouled more often than not, and he was complaining a lot in that um, third quarter and the beginning of the fourth quarter. Um, but, yeah, I just – honestly, I thought that they took our punch and that they were just going to just – there was going to be an avalanche from the the Nuggets. Just I was surprised that we were able to trade buckets – um, and not go into that fourth quarter down by double digits. And I just knew that we needed to stay within single digits um, throughout this game if we had a chance. Just I don't think that we were going to be able to come back from a double-digit lead just because anytime we go on a run, they go back on a run immediately. And they did that in the fourth quarter. Like I knew just being a Miami Heat fan, just it's so torturous because we've been in the most clutch games this season, I think we were either number one or two in clutch games. I think like 50 of the 82 games were decided by five points or less within five minutes. And so knowing that we were up by 10 or 11 or whatever it was with like five minutes to go after Bam had a huge and one dunk from a, a pick and roll um, dime from Kyle Lowry. Um, I think we we're up by 10 or 10 at that point. And he hit the free throw to put us up by 11. And I just knew that, like they are going to come back. Like, it's not that we just like take our foot off the gas. It's just like, it's destined that every game has to be this close and torturous. Um, I was just happy that we were able to keep it relatively close and not go down by 12 or 13 going into that fourth quarter. What, what was the number that we were down by going into the fourth? Were we down by like three? Eight. Eight. Oh, right. Okay. Was, so that I think it was 83 to 75. Yeah, it was 83 to 75, and you outscored them 36-25 in that fourth. As you said, it, or as we said, the zone and that beginning of the fourth quarter with Duncan Robinson hitting shots, running those off-ball screens for him, and then later in the quarter, putting Jokic and Murray in the action, pulling Jokic out of the paint. That Bam and one, I'm happy you mentioned it because that's another play I forgot about in that fourth. And we got to give Kyle Lowry some credit as well because he, when he's making Jokic pay in that drop coverage, Jokic comes up just that bit higher, and that's when you get Bam going downhill in those four-on-three situations. So if players like Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, Gabe Vincent hit that pull-up with Jokic and drop, you're probably going to see some adjustments, and that will allow Bam Adebayo to get in the middle of the floor and cause havoc. Um, but what a win. As you said, you know the Nuggets, the home team, is always going to make that push, but the great teams can withstand that and get across the finish line. That's what the Miami Heat did with the 111 to 108 win. But I need to mention a couple of big calls. Jamal Murray, it was a tough call in the moment, but that was a goaltend. It was on the way down. Yep. We agree on that? Yes. Could have made a big difference at the end. But that's no, that, that makes a huge difference. Yeah, because at the end, they went for three. They could have gone for the win uh, on a two. And then Casey, oh, this is not a bad call or anything, but KCP with two fouls on three point shooters. Not good defensive discipline at all from him. He, fouled. he hit. He hit. Yeah. Was it Vincent or it was Struce? It was Struce. He he hit his arm. That was Blaine. What do you think about the foul that KCP got with Gabe Vincent, who got like pushed or tripped, and then like he landed in his airspace? Like, but he didn't land on his airspace. He was knocked over. And yeah, that was a weird one. I don't know what to say because by the letter of the law, he didn't let him land, but he was on the floor. So I don't know. But um, there was also the Jimmy Butler was. What'd you say? There's some questionable calls up until that fourth quarter, dude. We were, it was eight to 20 again, like, and we were definitely more aggressive than the first game. Like, there were some questionable calls. I remember Caleb Martin got a call for an offensive foul where he just, like, literally just bumped into whoever the defender was, made the layup, and they called an offensive foul. Like, he didn't extend his arm, no hook or anything. Soft. And, and then there was the, but there was one out of bounds where Jimmy was out when he kicked it out to Vincent, I believe, for three. Um, but that, again, why can't yeah. they review it? Yeah, they can review. Know. They can review Max Struess being out of bounds for hitting a three. Why can't they reverse that? Like, I don't know. Do you remember what I'm talking about last year against? The they reverse. They didn't reverse it, did they? Yeah, Max Struess stepped out of bounds on that three. Well, they reversed that game. one. I'm saying did they didn't reverse the one tonight, did they? No, but why can't they? I'm asking. Yeah, I don't know. Why is the NBA is so fucking like inconsistent yeah. where they can look at the replay and be like, oh, Max Struess stepped out of bounds on that three against the Celtics in game whatever five or six last year but why can't they look and say oh jimmy stepped out like 
it doesn't make sense like that review like offline you know what i mean like after the yeah. fact like why can't they review that because i'm i'm again i'm unbiased like i have empathy when it comes to sports like i'd be so fucking pissed if kcp stepped out of bounds and threw a dime to kate like whoever and like murray hits a three right because uh jimmy threw that dime to gabe vincent hit that three that was a huge play so i just don't understand the review process but i don't know i i just think nba refs are so bad and and the calls are, are so bad. soft and inconsistent it's just like ridiculous very inconsistent i mean that's definitely the right word but the team stats the heat shot 49 percent from the field nuggets shot 52 percent still lost from three the heat were an amazing 17 for 35 I feel like that's been the big X factor for the Heat is if their role players are making their threes. Last game they weren't. Tonight they were. Heat win the game. And a lot of that comes from Jimmy Butler being more aggressive, in my opinion. 17 for 35 as a team for Miami. So 48.6% there. The Nuggets, 11 for 28 from three. So they shot better than game one. 39%, but they still haven't had a game shooting 40% or higher from three. I think one of those is coming in Miami. Um, free throws, 18 for 20 for the Heat. 90%. You got to love that. For Denver, 19 for 22, 86.4% for them. The Nuggets won the rebounding battle by seven. The Heat won the assist battle by five. The Nuggets turned the ball over 14 times and the Heat 11 times. And both teams took advantage of them pretty well with 23 and 19 points off of turnovers, respectively. Nuggets 48 to 34 in points in the paint. They led by as many as 15. Heat led by as many as 12. As we read the box score for the Denver Nuggets, Bruce Brown played 27 minutes, 11 points, five rebounds on four of nine shooting, one for three from deep. You guys are leaving him alone a lot in that fourth quarter in the zone, and they weren't really trusting him. And I think, I guess because he was one for three, but he's shot pretty well from three in these playoffs. I think you got to keep trusting him, um, in my opinion. Actually, no, he hasn't shot that well from three in this playoffs, 32%. So maybe that was part of the reason why you guys are playing to that. But Spoken I don't know. Genius. I'd rather have him shoot than anybody else, dude. Yeah. I, you got, I, for me, you got you to gotta keep the defense honest, though. The same way they were, the Lakers were doing with Gordon, and then he they started giving it to him, and now he's shooting with more confidence. As you said, um, in this game he made two threes, two for two. So I think you got to keep him, you know, keep the defense honest, let Bruce Brown fire away. And as a Heat fan, you would still want him to fire away. The starters for the Nuggets, 26 minutes for MPJ. As I said earlier, I think he's got to get more of a diverse shot profile here going forward. 5.6 rebounds on two for eight shooting and one for six from three is not good enough. KCP, you said it yourself, not a great shooting night for him. Tough shots, six points, three rebounds, three assists on one for four shooting and one for three from deep. So with MPJ and KCP with only a combined 11 points, that's a big win for the Heat. Aaron Gordon thought he had a pretty good game on both ends of the floor, but second half was quieter offensively. 12 points, seven rebounds, two assists, and a block on five for seven shooting, two for two from three. So a very good game for him. He actually was the missed two of the three free throws for the Nuggets that they did miss. He was 0 for 2 from the line. And then the duo, Jamal Murray, 18 points, four rebounds, 10 assists. So he still got a double-double, but seven for 15, three for eight from three. I'm guessing you'll live with that. 100%. And then Jokic, 41 points, 11 rebounds, four assists in a loss. He had five turnovers, though, so definitely you need to keep that down. I honestly think Jokic had a very good game. I think he needs some better from his other guys, but any, anything Jokic could have done differently, in your opinion? I mean, he was exploited a little bit more on defense than usual, but I think he was good enough. I don't think so. I mean, yeah. he had the four assists is huge. The fact that yeah, the others didn't beat us. Like, that's huge. Like, when was the last time you saw a game where Jokic had only four assists? Like, it feels like months, right? Like, seven, eight feels like a bad game for him. So, he had 28 shots. Like, we, yes. were, giving him, we, were, we were giving him, like, we're just saying, you beat us. Like, you, you get all the buckets. Like, what, like, in what world it, will an MVP get 28 shots, score 41 points, and lose? Like, that's it's just, like, unreal. Like, it happened before, though, these kind of things. I mean, 16 for 28. Two for five from three, seven for eight from the line. The big, big win for the Miami Heat. For the Nuggets, need the other guys to uh, make more shots. But, yeah, I think it was just one really bad quarter, man. The Nuggets had you. They had you. But then you got to be prepared for that zone to move the ball around and the wing, you know, their wings. They need to keep the defense honest and fire away. As for the Miami Heat, who played a 10-man rotation tonight, 
Haywood Highsmith, we talked about him. A donut, no shot attempts in six minutes. Pretty surprised he didn't play much. Heat going with more size. It did pay off. We'll see if he gets more minutes in Miami. Cody Zeller, eight minutes, two for two from the field, four points, but he was a minus 14. Do you think he played badly or is he just not able to handle, you know, Jokic? He's not able to handle Jokic. I mean, I don't understand why he's still getting minutes. I feel like we should distribute those minutes now, especially moving forward with Hero. I mean, Hero's probably going to get some minutes from some of the guards, but, like, which guards is he going to take those minutes away from? Like, Duncan showed his worth. Max showed his worth going four for seven from three in the first quarter. Um, I mean, maybe from Caleb Martin, who's been less effective, but he's been sick, I guess. I don't know. Um, I think moving forward, you give those minutes to to Love and Highsmith, I guess. Um, he He's just Mr. Butterfingers in there. Like, he, he only had one turnover, but, like, I remember he got, like, an offensive rebound and just, like, fumbled the ball and lost it. Like, it was in his hands, fumbled it, lost it through his legs, and they got the rebound. And another time, he got another offensive rebound, and I don't remember who it was. Some guard swiped the ball. I think it was Murray swiped the ball from him after a great offensive rebound, and lost the ball and then it was a fast break in transition which obviously we know denver's super dangerous in transition and they scored so like he's just not effective offensively and defensively like no one's gonna be effective guarding even bam the one of the best defenders in the nba is not effective defensively against joker he had 41 points yeah 20 of those points were on bam right so it's like i don't i don't see a reason why to give zeller any minutes besides just for fouls, perhaps. I don't know. Um, but you don't want to put Joker on the line anyway. So I don't know. I don't I don't see a reason to play him. I was shocked that Spo played him. He was minus like Yeah, minus 14. 14 or 20 in the first game in like eight minutes. You know what I mean? So like it's just he's not being effective. Yeah. Duncan Robinson, 17 minutes. He woke up in that fourth quarter. What a big time quarter for him in game two of the finals. 10 points, four of five shooting, two for three from deep in 17 minutes of play. Five Heat players in double figures, he, him being one of them. Caleb Martin, as you said, yeah, he said he was. they said he was sick or something. He has not looked like anywhere near the same player we saw against Boston. We'll see if that changes in Miami. Only four points for him on – I'm sorry, three points for him, five rebounds. He had a steal and a block on one for three shooting, one for two from three, that one being a huge one in the fourth quarter. Kyle Lowry, Really solid performance from him. He started out this series very well, and he was had some rough games in the conference finals. Nine points, three assists on two for four shooting and two for three from deep and three for three from the foul line. Those were, I'm pretty sure, all three free throws made when KCP fouled him on that three, right? Yep. And then the starting lineup, Kevin Love, 22 minutes. As you said, he didn't shoot well, just two for nine from the field and two for six from three, but six points, 10 rebounds, and two steals. I mean, you'll take that all day in the defense he was playing. He was not a liability by any stretch. I think the Nuggets should put him in the pick and roll even more, though, in the next game. Because the thing is, he's guarding Aaron Gordon. So Aaron Gordon would be setting the screen there instead of Jokic. And they love Jokic as the screen setter when he can roll and, and do these, you know, so many things. How about Max Drews? Four for seven from three in the first quarter. Was 0 for three the rest of the way. Finished four for 10 from the field. And those were all his shots were those were 10 threes. 14 points, six assists. You'll take that game for Max wow. Drews all day long. Yeah, six assists. That's shocking to me. Yeah, and then Gabe Vincent, another fantastic performance. 23 points, three assists, two steals on eight for 12 shooting and four for six from three. So 66% from the field and three and three for three from the line. What can you say about the way he's been playing in these playoffs? If he's... Four from six from three. He's nine. He's nine for sixteen in the finals. He's nine for what is that? Fifty five percent. Like he's that's he's the X factor. So, Caleb Martin was the X factor last game or last series, and it just I don't know when you're a role player. Like I just you go on a streak and or just depending on the matchups. I guess he had a better matchup. Also, I think they're defending him. I think they're giving him a little more respect. Plus, he's been ill. Um, but, like, Boston wasn't giving him any respect at all. I feel like he was getting so many open three-point shots in that series. Um, he was taking 14 to 15 field goals per game in that series. He took three today, you said, and the last game he took seven. He was one for seven. So, um, you know, I'm not going to judge him completely there on that, but Gabe has just been 
inspirational. Like, I mean, unreal. Undrafted, 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 as they keep saying. Um, he had 23 points. He had more points than Jamal Murray on the road, right? He shot eight for 12. Like, that's ball game status right there. He was your, he was your team high in points and more points than Jimmy. He was the second leading scorer in the game behind yeah. you. Like, that's game. That's ball game status right there. If, like, if Gabe Vincent, he's our X Factor. He's proving to be the Caleb Martin of this series right now, right? So, um, Jimmy's playing okay, I guess, right? I mean, 13 points in the first game, not great, but he had 21 points, nine assists, and whatever else he had in the box score. Bam's stepping up, playing really effective on both ends, obviously more so on the offensive um, side, which is just whenever he's aggressive, to your point, when he scores 20 points or more, I think the Heat are 7-1 and one in the playoffs. The only loss we had was game one when he had 20 points or more, right? So um, we need an X factor um, and we need the others to shoot well. And like, we can oscillate between a Duncan game, a Struce game, a Martin game, um, a Haywood Highsmith game or whoever, but that, that third um, impactful player, I guess is, has been Gabe Vincent so far. And that's, that's why we're tied. Um, you throw in Kayla Martin and Max Struce and Duncan having similar games that they did against the Celtics that he are going to win the finals. Like whether or not Jimmy is playing like playoff Jimmy, if Jimmy can get you like 18, 20 points per game, Bam can get you 18, 20 points per game. And if Vincent can play this consistently and get you 18 points off, like um, off eight for 10 shooting or whatever the hell he was for tonight, you know, shooting 50% um, or so. I think he is from two this series and 55 from three, like we're going to win the championship if these undrafted role players are going to like consistently give you double digit, double digit scoring, it's unreal. Like kudos to Gabe Vincent. He's making $2 million a year this year. Um, it's like on a three-year deal, he's making like, I think six or $9 million total. Like he's going to get paid right now. Like he's just, his pull-up jumper has been really meaningful with Tyler hero being out. I know we've been winning without Tyler hero. I know he's a liability on defense, I know he like takes these stupid Jordan Poole esque Michael Porter Jr. even type shots. Like we're just just step back crazy fadeaway type threes. Um, but Tyler like would be really good for this series right now because of the drop that they're playing. Like we yeah. need guys who can pull pull up um, and and play. He's our only like real three level scorer, honestly. Like outside of jimmy i guess if you will right no one else can really get to the rim um so yeah gabe has stepped into that role as like our effective spot up shooter pull up shooter he's getting to the rim he's playmaking he's playing really good at defense so i'm just really proud of gabe vincent um in these first two games i don't think he played in the bubble um when we made it to the finals he was on the bench i don't think Struz played either caleb martin i think was injured that year or no caleb martin i only think was not even even on the team in 2020 but yeah it's just inspirational to see these guys get this opportunity at this stage and just score 23 points against the denver nuggets who are a pretty good defensive team so huge 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 game from the role players like i'm still super pumped that max was able to come back from that 0 and 10 shooting effort in game one to go four and seven in the first quarter like that was just the catalyst that helped start us in the right direction um, in that first quarter. They gave us that 12-point lead, so super pumped. Yep. Bam and Jimmy, each with 21 points. Jimmy with 21, four rebounds, nine assists, only one turnover, seven for 19 from the field. So not the most efficient game, but as we said, he's still closed, and that's all that matters, and created a bunch of good shots. Two for five from three, five for five from the line. Then Bam keeps hitting over that 20 points. He will be fine. In my opinion, 21 points, nine rebounds, four assists, two blocks on eight for 14 shooting, five for five from the line. My biggest thing going into the next game is to see how the Nuggets respond to that zone with the Heat putting somebody in the middle of the floor. I would also like to – I think a lot of it's just going to come down to who makes their threes, though, which so yep. many games in today's NBA really come down to. Let's see what the impact of Tyler Hero is. Huge game for the Heat. Final question to you, final thoughts. Is it a must-win in game three? And how do you – you know, any closing words? No, because we still get, we still won. I mean, a playoff series doesn't start. You'd have playoffs. to win another road game, though, to win the series. 
we've shown that we're capable of doing that. We've won on the road in every single series. So um, I don't think it's a must win. I uh, I mean, it's a very important win. If we can if we can win and hold serve, then we have home court advantage and we just need to win at home, right? Like lose game six or game five and then win game six at home, right? So, but I mean, the Heat were 6-0 until they played in the Boston series, right? Going like we were six and zero at home, and then we lost two games to Boston at home. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm happier we won this game versus game one. Honestly, if we were going to steal a game, I think it's I'm yeah happy. with momentum. If I mean, I, get, I know the games are mutually exclusive and like they don't really mean shit. Like I don't believe in momentum truly, honestly. Like because each game is its own individual game, um, but. If we if we were to win one of the two, I'm happy we won this game so that we can go home and potentially build some momentum. Um, but yeah, I don't know. This was the first time you guys trailed in a series this year, uh, losing game one. And this is if you guys win game three, it would be the first time the Nuggets trail in a series at any point of these playoffs. So something to watch. Any last words before we sign off? I. I'm just like so shocked that this is this is like the most frustrating Miami Heat season, most impressive, ridiculous, insane, like unbelievable season. Like just the most stressful possible season. I know we had, which I never use this as an excuse, but like I just I forgot who said it. Like EJ or Chuck or someone said that like the Heat had the third most injuries in the NBA like this season. So I was like, it kind of makes sense because we have the exact same team minus literally PJ Tucker. We had a few additions, obviously with the buyout market with seller and love, but literally almost the exact identical team. Um, last year we were number one in threes um, at like 37% in the regular season. And then we went to the playoffs and then we were horrible. All our role players, Vincent Struess, Duncan shot like shit. And we like went from first place to last place in the playoffs. And that's why a big reason why we lost to the Celtics um, in seven, losing three at home to them, which was insanely frustrating. Um, and then this year was the complete opposite. We were basically last all we were last in scoring at one point last in three point percentage, but we were like 27th in three point shooting. And then we completely flipped the script down. Like now we're number one, three point shooting um, in the playoffs. So it's like literally the complete opposite, um, like in a parallel universe right now. Like, it's just like unreal. Like I, I was like almost hoping the heat would lose against the bulls in the play-in game. So we can get like, a, I, I was texting you that we might go from 18 to 14 if we lose. Um, yeah, that was, that's crazy. I mean, that feels like so long ago now. Yeah. So like, I mean, this was just, this is literally the most ridiculous, unexpected, like impressive postseasons in Miami history and I've been a fan since 1998 so that's like 25 years or so like I I just am so shocked that we're even in the finals that like we're in we're playing basketball in June right now this is fucking insane with Tyler Hero out who's our second leading scorer like I don't care about the context that Tyler Hero like compared to other teams like if you lose your second best player like most of these teams would not be in the finals like that's like Chris Middleton. That's like Jalen Brown. I know that's like the context is a little bit different because Hero is not as good as most second best players on certain teams. But like he averaged twenty one points per game. He was the second best scorer. Bam, Bam is definitely the second best player. Right. Okay, but still second best scorer. It's still yeah huge. Like and no Victor Oladipo. Like Jimmy's been hurt like since the second round. Like it's just it's so improbable. Um. I'm just happy. Win or lose, I'm happy. I'm just happy we didn't lose against the Celtics, blowing that 3-0 lead. Um, yeah. I think more importantly, I'm happy that didn't negate like what they've accomplished. Yeah, like, yeah that would have been a tough pill to swallow for sure. They're they're gonna make a movie. Like if we if the Heat win this, this is gonna be the best like thirty for thirty or whatever, like story, right? Well, what do you where would you rank this if the Heat win this finals? Like across all sports, like oh, I don't know enough about all sports, but in basketball, it's one of the best, if not the best. It's one of the best. I mean, it has to be right, like with the whole factor of the play-ins, like just. Well, I mean, it really has a strong argument as the best because you would be the lowest seed to ever do it. So I mean, technically, we're seven. You but still the lowest seed because the six uh, ninety-five Rockets were six, so you would be the lowest seed regardless. Yeah, I mean, they had an impressive run too, though. They they beat. Yeah. 
they beat both number one seeds too and like that was a super impressive run as well in 1995 so but yeah, yeah. i don't know i'm just i'm shocked i'm pleasantly surprised and i'm i'm optimistic now like i i didn't think we were going to beat the nuggets i picked them in six but like again i'm trying to do the reverse jinx kind of thing right like by picking against them yeah and hopefully we win so yeah by the way your your brother said it's not just alonzo morning while you're a heat fan he said tim hardaway was also one of his favorite players they were all my favorite players once i join once once i stick with the team I'm, i'm loyal and i mean for me it was just mainly Alonzo Mourning and my older brother liking them. So, but obviously Tim Hardaway was spectacular. Yeah. Well, thanks man for joining. It was always great. Likewise, buddy. Thanks for having me on. Make sure to comment on the video guys, how you think the series is going to go from this point forward. Please comment for the algorithms. We'll see you on Wednesday night. Peace.